dramatic analysis of The Miracle Worker, recorded March 8, 2022, led by Chris Huntley. Good evening. Tonight we're going to do an analysis of the 1962-63 uh, version of The Miracle Worker. And uh, there are many of them, <laughs> many versions, but this is the one that's, uh, um, I think it was the first filmed version of it. And I'm going to share my screen and bring up Dramatica. So you should all be able to see that. And the first thing we want to do is identify the four through lines. Um, the overall story, what is the big picture about? What, what is the, you know, what's going on in this, this movie? that describes what all of the characters are concerned about. Don't all jump in at once. I'll go for it. Oh, go ahead, Julie. Okay, just mine's short anyway. I think it at least has something to do with the family wanting peace um, and feeling like they don't know how to get it. And also for the for their daughter to have some peace too. Okay, so and what what is the the conflict? That sounds like what the what the goal might be or something along those lines. Uh, okay. Is, so I mean, just peace from what? Um, from I I would say not being able to talk like communicate with people in a way that have has meaning. Um, you mean in the, terms the, of the, the daughter, the the daughter. Yeah, and they daughter. like they. The family wants to communicate with her and she wants to communicate. She's hungry to learn and wants to connect more, but has no idea how. Okay. So, um, and how does the teacher fit in there? That's um, kind of so, yeah. So it would be the family um, uh, calls for help, um, you know, to help their daughter, to help their, their family as a whole communicate. I don't know if that's the best way to say it, but... I don't know, Jill, do you? Yeah, I was just gonna, in my version, it was just having her fit in with the family. Okay, yeah. And not get sent away to a mental institution. Right, yeah. Okay, so, I mean, the, logistically, it's a family hires a teacher to help the, their blind, deaf, and dumb daughter, right? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure that she's dumb. Well, they, they refer to her as being dumb. She is in the, she is in the beginning, Obviously, she's not technically dumb because she can make sounds and eventually she learns how to speak, but she don't, you know, they don't right. get too much into that. But um, uh, they refer to her that at the beginning is that way. And really, the, you know, by the end, she says one word that's associated with a, you know, that is a word as opposed to just a noise. Yeah, it was a it was an old word for mute. So dumb is a some it's taken. I think dumb now means to know better and to do it anyway, like the definition. But but it's an right. old word. Um, okay, yeah, or, or mute. Well, see, mute would be. I mean, I think well, nonverbal. Let's say nonverbal, and then we'll go. Okay, nonverbal. Okay. All right, that's fine. That's, there you go. That's a very <laughs> easy way of putting it, and more accurate. Yeah. And the mom would claim that she's not dumb. Wow. Yeah, she's not dumb. 
Well, she yeah. understood the word water uh, before she got the fever that made her deaf and, and blind. Right. So there was a time where she was developmentally normal, and then she suffered some kind of like scarlet fever or something like that. And that caused the problems. Right. Yeah. yeah six, six months old, and she had the word for water, wawa. But, and she gets back to that, gets back to that at the end of the story. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So who is our main character? The teacher. Annie Sullivan. I vote Annie. Annie. Can I can I just I have a, I did a book report on her a long time ago when I was in grade school and did someone tell me what accents those were? I, I thought Ann Sullivan had an Irish accent because she's from New England, so I was very right. confused by it's it's that did sound a little bit Irish, but it's not, not like, like from, Ireland from, Irish, but you no, know, but like multiple New England accents. Irish. Like Anne Bancroft had different accents at different times. It was very. Mm -hmm. Strange to me. <laughs> it was thrown by that for some reason. It definitely was not Southern. No, no. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it sounded Polish, sometimes colloquial Irish, and then I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes nothing. Well, you know, I who knows, considering you know where she grew up and what her influences were, they were probably all over the place, as opposed to being, you know. Growing up in in one of those um, homes, uh, okay. And who do we have as the influence character? Helen. What? I agree with Helen. I agree with Helen. Yeah. Only one L, I think, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One, two L's in our last name. Okay. Helen Keller. All right. And what is the nature of their relationship? A student teacher. Okay. Or teacher student. Student, yeah. Well, just because it's the main character, influence character. Okay. Teacher student relationship. Excellent. Boy, we sure got that through that fast. That's like <laughs> compared to the last couple analyses <laughs> we've done, we've made progress. Uh, it was also a really, it's a really straightforward story. So. <laughs> we can't pat, can't pat ourselves on the back too much. <laughs> okay. So um, we look at the story, the uh, the theme browser. Now we want to try, oh, let's first actually do the, um, the character dynamics. So is Annie, is Ann Sullivan a... Change character or a steadfast character, and how do we know? She's a change character because the very last scene of the movie, she actually says she loves Helen. Up until that point, she hadn't. Okay. I'll and, vote. And what are, okay. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'll vote steadfast because I feel like she was the one that saw um potential and, and wanting to help Helen although she at some point she uh, lost a little bit of faith but at the end of, end of it she was the only one that was focused on making sure that Helen was taken care of and could learn and wanted to take them away from the family and then at the end um oh wait changed I think we've had enough of locked doors well, I wrote changed. I think we had enough locked doors. Yes. So I think she's steadfast and the family changed. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Um, so I would. This is Nick, and I would vote steadfast. Um, the bit at the end, I think, uh, had more to do with informing us that that angst was being resolved, um, and more towards a judgment. Um, but but she kept towards. She stayed steadfast in her worldview that that uh, her perspective that discipline and learning go hand in hand and that she could reach through um, to this girl's mind and all this girl needed was a way to connect the symbols to meaning, to language, the, the, the signing to meaning. Um, and also I would say that would leave Helen, Helen Keller as the change character. And she did have a rather dramatic change. Um, in addition, the title is The Miracle Worker. And if there's a miracle, the one who is changed uh, is usually the one the miracle is worked on, not the miracle <laughs> worker. Well, that's, I don't necessarily agree with that last point um, because you can have, you know, um, someone, there, there are movies that are miracle work about miracle workers where the miracle worker themselves um, are changed. So I, that's just not, I wouldn't use that title. Wonderful life. Huh? It's a wonderful life. Um, no, I'm actually thinking of, uh, what's the one with Steve Martin? Um, Leap of Faith? Leap of Faith, yeah. I mean, that's where he is a miracle worker and he's actually the one who changes. So, um, so that in and of itself, I don't think it define, defines it. And, and the miracle worker part is more of the overall story, I think, than the, than the main character thread. Um, so any, anybody else want to, uh, who hasn't? Um, I thought steadfast as well for Annie, because she was standing for like, for no self, no more self-pity and then saying discipline needed to be, you know, she, they needed to treat their daughter for what she could do and what her potential was, not what she couldn't do. And that was consistent the whole way through. I think when she was even seeming to lose faith, I feel like she was just trying to figure out another way to attack the problem and also manipulating the captain um, when now, she was doing that. Remember, this, the, the choosing change of steadfast, that's sort of the result, not necessarily the process. The growth is the process. And so you can have it waffle on the way but it's really just looking at okay, where where are we at at the end of the day? Is she the same or different? Um, I would suggest uh -huh. that she's probably a steadfast character because if you look at what's motivating her with her, um, you know, Jimmy and her regret over what happened with her with Jimmy and and giving up, you know. Um, looking out for herself as opposed to, and I'm not talking about self-interest morality, but I mean, looking out, you know, I want to learn, I want to go out to school, I want to learn how to, you know, to see and read or whatever. And then, you know, breaking the promise to, promise to Jimmy, that seemed to be a pretty strong motivator. And it seemed to indicate that she was really not willing to give up I mean, not that it couldn't be taken away from her, but it, that she herself wouldn't give up on Helen, even though everybody else may have, even before it started. Yeah. Classic, what was the, she 
broke a promise to her brother. What was that? Is that her brother or is it? I mean, I'm not sure if it's a brother or just one of the other kids. I think it was one of the other kids that was. No, no, it was her brother. It was oh, her it's brother. brother. Yeah, it was a brother. Okay. So um, she went to school. She, the, her, yeah, the she brother went, wanted she to left, stay she with left her. Him in the, she left him in the home. Um, and he said that, you know, you promised you'd never leave me. Um, that was in one of those weird ass flashbacks where you can't really see exactly right. what's going on. Um, sort of impressionistic flashback. And uh, clearly it's something she, she has uh, internalized and, and is, you know, a motivating factor for her. Um, but that that seemed to be you know, to me, you know, she hangs in there the whole time. I don't, to address your question about her, you know, falling in love with her, I don't think she did never, I don't think she ever felt like she didn't care for her, even though she told that to the, the colonel or the general or whatever he was, um, the father. But I think that was, that was just sort of, you know, the play back and forth i think she cared tremendously about her but she was more concerned about helen being able to stand on her own and and by being able to get past that dependency phase the absolute dependency phase um that the family was nurturing and uh i think she you know she even up to the very last scene she basically you know takes her out and makes her fill up the water again um so it, you know just when it seems like the story was almost over but it's really not yeah can i just throw something out there because i i thought that she was going to be steadfast through the whole thing too like it was like oh this is obvious it's going to be steadfast and then the family's going to change and i i do think that part where she says um uh you know, I don't even love her. <clears throat> I think kind of not that not a chip on her shoulder, like the, the dramatic a chip on her shoulder, but the fact that she felt like she had not fulfilled that promise that she had made or with her brother. I feel like the at the end of this story, she's at a place where um, that's no longer a factor for her. And, I, and I'm not saying that that's like a story judgment of good but that you know if if the dad had actually followed through <clears throat> and you know did all that kind of stuff i i feel like, oh, i guess what i want to say is i feel like she changed and then the her taking her out is not so much like her going back to steadfast but more kind of the wrap-up of the relationship story through line because i do i do feel like that her not loving her is a huge part and I don't think that can be discounted because I, I do think that's at the end she's grown. She she doesn't know who she is or she feels like she she can do all this stuff, but she hasn't really proven. And I'm not trying to use any kind of elements. And by the end of it, it's like she knows, hey, I'm actually pretty good at this. Right. And she knows like who she is, where in the beginning, she's kind of like a troublemaker where the, the guy was like, well, you know, don't don't cause any trouble. And then by the end, she's actually doing it different. And I don't know if you can say that Helen is the one that's like changed because it's not like her resolve is any different. She's not doing things differently. Obviously, she's learned how to sign language, but it's not like she's 
tackling things from a different point of view. So that's there's, just my. Hmm, there's a stillness to her at the end, though, which there's not. Uh, I, to me, I think the, the telling point about Helen is her reassigning, you know, making teacher more important than mama, effectively, taking the keys from mama which are, you know, those are, those represent her, you know, so the power and giving it over to, to, yeah. to Helen, uh, to Annie, to, to Anne. Um, to me, that was, a, and it, and her manner was completely different. Yeah. And letting herself be embraced and coddled at the end by somebody else was something. Plus, you know, the, the excitement about, you know, everything um, that just seemed to be a, a huge, huge to me a really big shift i mean and it didn't happen until it until she made the connection until the the revelation of oh this which i knew means this which i see or i, I feel the water and then suddenly you know she's voracious. She wants just like, oh, okay. Now she's completely going in a different direction. Um, and, and I think that the author's intent is along with what you're saying, Chris, because we start out with the alarm bells when she is uh, using the scissors on the little black girl. And we end with the alarm bells when the connections are made through, when she has changed. So she's no, she's no longer attacking other people in, in a, in a, uncivilized manner or in a, a, a approaching the world um, in a reactionary mode, she is reaching out to the world and, and trying to learn the world. Yeah. I mean, the part? Can you say that again, Nick? Like what's the, what are the two places? The two places are the story opens with, with the alarm bells going off because the uh, Helen has got the scissors and she's going after the little black girl and she actually is, is cutting the black girl's hair and she can't even see. Um, <laughs> and, and, the, and, and then the ending point, and, and so Helen at that point is, is reacting to, and, and, and we're given a hint that maybe it's an emotional reaction to um, a, 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 because the black girl's mom says, I told you not to bother her. Um, but that, that Helen's reaching out to the world is not a civilized way or, or, or Helen's is a more gut instinct way as compared to the end where Helen is reaching out to the world in a learning way, in an assessing way. Um, and in a, um, uh, in a sense, in a way of, of accepting symbolism and meaning together, as mm -hmm. opposed to just a gut emotion. Okay. Yeah. And, and where the bell for her is now, it's another thing to learn. It's not a, it, it's, it's doesn't have the, I mean, she couldn't hear the bell, so that wasn't the issue, but. Oh, oh I see what you're saying. Okay, I got that. The key is also when she's returning the key to the teacher, um, she's letting the teacher out of the room that she originally locked her in that right. could symbolize that too. So she's letting the teacher out to again, interact with her because she was hiding her away. Yeah. I, Fess, I just thought there was some weird thing at the end, but I, I can see well, what it, it, it did. There was a fake ending, which was, <laughs> no, there was because they sort of put in a fake 
time lock. They put right, you know, halfway through the movie, they say, okay, you've got two weeks. <laughs> right. It's like, wait, uh, it's a little late to be introducing a time lock. Right. And then when it comes, and it's like, okay, but it hasn't been resolved yet. You know, so it feels like, okay, so it's a non-functioning time lock. <laughs> um, and, okay. Until basically Annie just says, screw this. I'm going to keep on teaching. <laughs> I'm still here. As long as I, you know, as long as I'm here, I'm going to keep on doing my job and I'm going to, until she can get that, make that connection, you know, because I haven't, my job was to sort of not to train her, not to like a, you know, lap dog, right? to, but to, to bring her to heel, her job was really to make her understand. And um, that is when, you know, she, that's why she says, this isn't, this is not it. It's not over. Boom, and she starts back and doing her old thing again, and the family is right back where it was at the beginning. The difference is, is that you know they that Annie and and um, Helen have gone through all of this process, so that when they do that last step, which is really the, the climax, the you know filling up the water, uh, the jug with water, that is the that's the climax, and that's why it's able to resolve out and. and um, that's that's kind of like the last lesson that can, that she can give because her time's already up, but she's still there, so she keeps on pushing. Um, and so I think that's why it it works. Although it does, it, you know, with that weird time lock thing, you know, they throw in there, it just or weird deadline. It's really not a time lock, but it's a deadline they throw in there that makes it look like a time lock. It's just really strange, and it's it, it makes that ending kind of feel like a double ending. Okay, no, I, that makes sense. I see it. Um, and I and you know, we can come back and re and remove no, steadfast. I, no, no, no. I for eighty percent of it, I was like, well, this is steadfast. <laughs> yeah, so. and I think it's just because they had that weird time uh, time limit thing in there that was just not a that sort of screwed everything up <laughs> dynamically. Um, okay, main character approach, a doer or a beer? Doer. Give some examples, please. She has to teach her to the, the process. She's going through the process day after day of trying to associate uh, the, um, uh, the, the hand signals, the hand alphabet with uh, names of things. Okay, just be careful. Don't associate the teacher part of her in the overall story with who Annie is, who Aunt Annie, Annie is. This is. We're really asking about the main character here, not about the teacher. I mean, they're the same player, obviously, but personally, what is her um, preference? I'm not saying it isn't doer, but I'm just, the example you're using was pretty much just teacher stuff. You know, is there a personal moment in there? You know, some personal moments in the, and the story where she was running into conflict and she um, her, she yeah, handles um, her own luggage. She refuses to have people help her. Um, specifically where? In the beginning of the story, when she's walking in, um, she insists on doing things herself. 
She doesn't want other people to do things for her. Okay, but think of a, a conflict. Because, I mean, doing work is not necessarily... Uh, I, I think he's referring to the little bit of brief conflict with uh, uh, Helen's brother, Jimmy James, at, at the train station where he wants to take her luggage and and and, okay. and she grabs it back, you know, before he can put... He bends down for it. She grabs it away. Um, yes. That, that's okay. what I think he's referring to. That's Yes. Yeah, because that happens. There's many different instances, one in which she allows Helen to take it. So that's... <laughs> That's another, that's a different one, but that's, that's, that's when she's in teacher mode. Okay. Yeah, she's giving it to Helen. She's actually, her purpose is to give it to Helen. So again, that's a doer example, but that's the teaching. No, side. Hel no Helen takes it. Remember Helen pulls it from her and she says that she, and she makes it very clear to Anne that she wants, Annie, that she wants to, uh, she's, she's taking it upstairs. She doesn't want Helen to do that. You know, on the, when they're on the front porch. Granted, granted. Okay. Okay, but uh, something again, preferably scenes that don't involve Helen, because most of the time it's going to really fall into the relationship or into the overall story. So, are there any other moments? What about when she's with uh, conflicting with either mom or dad or brother? Well, at the end or towards the end, she was arguing with the brother. And when it didn't go her way, she slams the door on him or the relationship with the mom. I think this is more relationship through line, but she wanted to teach her. Um, wanted to teach her the sign language, but I think that's more relationship and not necessarily an example of main character doing or, um, oh, well, no, that's teacher to move to the house, but yeah. So so there are two light instances of beer. Um, one is, is in, this is very light, but when her headmaster from the school she's leaving um, chastises her about her lack of tact, um, she says, well, I'll be the way that you want me to be. I will be so good they won't even know I come. Um, uh, and then the other time, is, is when um, the, the, the captain is ready to fire her and she just stands there and takes the blows. Um, and eventually she does respond, but it's not respond in a doing or changing of the environment. Um, and in fact, she takes the orders from him to take her glasses off. Yeah, I was going to use one of those is use the I just thought of the glasses one because she's like, yes, I will go ahead and change myself to accommodate you uh, in this situation because this is your environment that I have to deal with. And um, at the same time, the other one I thought of was when she kept, she out loud was asking herself, like, how can I get through this girl? Like, she's like, what can I do? How can I do this differently? So I feel like she, while she was a steadfast character internally, she was adapting constantly within herself to try to help Helen. She, she, she did physically change the environment by taking her to a different place, but I feel like that still was coming from that internal place. I mean, she, she does an awful lot of force of personality stuff. I mean, she confronts a lot of conflict with just force of personality. But mm -hmm. let's leave this one alone because it'll allow us to, you know, have a little more freedom when we're picking the domains. So let's let's not do this. I can I don't think it's as clear cut 
because she's so tied to her um, job, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, and we really don't have nearly as many personal, you know, personal moments. I mean, it's really tied into her professional job. I don't know. I think her nightmares are part of the personal stuff. Um, and, and I think a lot of the interactions with Jimmy are the, are some of those personal conflicts that she has that are that are not generally part of anything else that has to do with Helen. Um, so, Chris, t- mm-hmm. since you brought that up, actually, those were the moments, the the flashbacks with Jimmy that actually made me think that she was a doer because as a child, when she went up to ask, I need to, although the beer examples make total sense to me. Remember that that's also backstory. The, oh, the, backstory. So that doesn't count towards the main well, character. Line. It, it might, if it depends on how she's behaving in this story based on that, um, you know, she has a backstory and that brought her to the place where she is before the story starts as a person. So, um, and, you know, she may have changed. She may have not have. She may have been a steadfast character then, and she's continuing to be a steadfast. We don't know. We don't know enough. But we do know that there is some angst hanging around there that is um, motivating her to maybe put up with a lot of personal crap that she wouldn't otherwise because she feels guilty about what happened to her brother. Um, you know, that's. One of the things that you always have to have to think about when you're creating a character is why would someone put up with all that problem? First, you know, why would they do this? Why would they put up with this? And that's what the backstory was helping us understand why she is so motivated to put up with all the conflict that she's getting. She's clearly not enjoying the conflict. Um, you know, it's it's a from a teaching point of view, she sees them as problems that need more clever resolution, like having the kid come in and her working with the kid to make Helen jealous, you know, so that suddenly Helen wants to learn because she wants, doesn't want to, you know, to be second. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, for Helen, it's always about Helen. So, so, you know, that was, but that was a clever you know, teacher's trick or parent's trick. Um, but let's just let's just leave that alone. And then I think once we start to get the structural elements, it'll be very clear as to which direction it's, it really skews more strong, uh, stronger. How about problem solving style, linear or holistic? And this would be for, again, we're talking about um, yeah, the, the, the teacher. Linear. Okay. Again, because it's uh, it's all in the process. She has to go through the process of, of uh, teaching her the the uh, uh, hand alphabet associated with the words to get that breakthrough that she's uh, searching for. Okay. Um, any other input, thoughts? Yes, no, maybe so. <laughs> Um, originally, I thought I was thinking um, that she was linear because of that exact, like she actually said in lines to the mother, like, I have to teach her the words first and then the letters. And uh, so I was really attached to that. But then the more I thought about it, the more I was feeling like she 
was in that higher like epistemic position where she knows more than most everyone there in terms of what's needing to happen. And so then she keeps kind of doing things here and there to shift, I don't know, to balance things out. So that felt more holistic to me. Okay. Um, what about her teaching techniques? Does that, that inform anything? I'm not, I don't have a, I don't have a, a I mean, that seems strongly linear to me. Helen eats off the plate with her hands. You take the plate away. Okay. Cause effect, cause effect, cause effect. Yeah. Okay. Is everybody all right with that? Yes. Well, let's leave it because I'm thinking that, that really her whole problem was trying to, the way that Annie was trying to approach Helen was to always keep changing the dynamics um, where the energy was flowing. Um, and, and she came up with different ways. Um, and, and, and really it only seems like maybe once or twice that, 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 that Annie was actually stopped in any kind of linear progression where we see, okay, she's reached a dead end and, and is now gonna go backwards to try and retrace something else. No, instead she reaches an impasse and, and then and then looks for other inspiration. So finding the the um, the other house, needing to find another house um, to find to go from just signing into her hand into into um, uh, needing to be dependent on her to using her to using Helen's bodily needs as a as a primer book on yeah. how to teach yeah. meaning. That isn't cause and effect? I uh, no. Pretty much, I mean, it seems to me that she sees the behavior of the family and it, and you know the, its effect on Helen and vice versa. Helen, Helen's behavior is a certain way and the fact that it doesn't, you know, that, that she's not, that it looks like the environment that Helen exists in is this one where the world is sort of molding around her and everybody sort of is adjusting to Helen because they, because it's easier for them to adjust to it. And, and you know, and Annie's like, no, you have to get, you need more very strict sort of very linear structure for her. You can't do what you're doing because you're just, you know, you're just hampering her. So you've got to, you know, if you do this, then this will be the reward. If you do this, then this will be the punishment. If you do, I mean, very, very much cause and effect. Um, Does that have more to do with like her teaching? Like, is there a separation in this context also where there's the, because she's reconditioning a person. So it's like, she has to focus on cause and effect for some of that, for that job. But then personally, is it possible that she's more of a beer or or am I just... Well, I, I mean, the thing is, is that I think that if you look at her approach to to teaching, I mean, that's that's her approach to teaching, not just you know how one teaches, but her approach. It's kind of like, you know, she she has this very direct way of of you know confronting and not sidestepping, just following this these steps, um, and gets really sort of pissed off when people you know, start messing with that, um, interfering with it um, for, for their own purposes that have nothing to do with 
what the what the process is. You know, like when the 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 father has his own, you know, hang up about what happened to the South and whether or not they should should have won or and she's being a northerner. That's more that's that's more holistic kind of rationale than 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 I mean what difference does that make? As from a linear point of view, it doesn't. But from you know, almost every single thing that she's every single problem that she runs into, she's like, okay, I'm going along this path and these this this not working in this direction. Okay, so what other cause and effect can I use to get to the same goal, but I just use a different path? Um, it's not going to be, you know, ne- nothing is absolute. <laughs> you know, there's no black and white, but it just seems like she seems to be a lot more linear. Again, we can we can play with some of this stuff. Um, once we've got something, then we can tweak it around and see if, if we, you know, adjust the the approach or even the problem solving style. See if if it works better. But I think on whole, we seem to be more leaning toward linear than not. So I would suggest that we we go that way. Because um, as we go, you know, as we start to make these decisions and, and get to a story form, if we get to it early enough, we can go through a lot of different permutations just to just to see if there's you know any efficacy in these other other ways of looking. Again, you see the nice thing is that when you've got more of a story form, you can see the the effects of it and go, oh yeah, that's not it. Or yeah, that actually is a better fit. All right, story driver, action or decision and why? Uh, I'll go, I'll just shout out decision. And I think it's because there's this lingering uh, thing that is, you know, to go to the asylum or not to go to the asylum that they keep deliberating over um, or taking, you know, it's like the consequence. Um, I actually don't know for sure what that means with Dramatica still, but that feels like the thing that's um, being deliberated over the whole time or threatened, I guess. And why are they deliberating that? Um, because they they feel like they can't take the violence anymore and the kind of primitive stuff going on at home. So they're like, we either she either has to leave or she has to change. Like they identify her as the as the problem. So it's a, it's like these parental decisions around how are we going to to deal with this? And that the father finally, you know, at the beginning, the earlier scenes, he's saying like, okay, fine, I'll write and ask for help. When he didn't want to, he just, you know, they were talking about the asylum for a while, um, and then they talked again about the asylum again when the teacher was going to stay or go. You know, when he was threatening to kick her out. And then she ended up telling them about her experience. Um, so it felt like she was swaying them on the decision, you know, again. Um, yeah. And ultimately, how does it resolve out? Uh, what do you mean? Sorry. Well, you went, what would, you've, you've named a couple of the drivers. So what would be the, the oh. ending driver in that? The decision, I think, would be that, um, you know, that they let her they let her do her job and at least in that other house. And then they they were going to even though that she moved back into the other house, they were going to keep her on because he was like, here's your this month's and we'll see you next month or something. So it's 
seemed clear that they had decided to keep keep the daughter there at some point around then because she was obedient at least, but she still wanted her to learn the language and have meaning in her life. Okay. Um, Anybody have uh, support or um, alternative? 100% support. I, I disagree. I would say action, uh, mainly because it's, uh, it's constantly uh, the family reacting to Helen's behavior. Um, uh, you have to think about what are the big turning points? Because that's really where you're going to see the driver. There'll be a lot of activity and a lot of this deliberation and the whole story. And it'll go back and forth, back and forth. But focus on those, you know, essentially act turns um, or, you know, these inciting event and the closing event. How are the, use those illustrations um, for action? How do you see those as action? Well, the first interaction in the dining room where she's disrupting the, the family uh, meal, that's an action and that's driving a decision to get help. Um, and uh, the teacher has to take her out of that environment and put her into uh, just an interaction between her and Helen Keller themselves in the room, in the, uh, in the house on, on the estate, but you know, separate from the rest. That's another action. They admit her back into the family house because she's now more, um, she's behaving better. She's not interacting. And then there's an eruption the second time around. And that's driving, again, the whole next part of the, uh, of the story where you know, they come to a crisis where they have to address the, the behavioral problems again. Okay. Those are, okay. I, I, I think so I, are, I, would, I would tend to agree with Phil. And where I'm looking at is the story guidelines say that um, uh, an, an action will, will drive a decision and the decision looks like it resolves problems until another action happens and vice versa for, the, for a, a decision story. You will have a decision uh, that, that is causing problems, but the action will resolve it. It looks like until another decision upsets things or another deliberation. So I look at this story and I see that the action that forces the long deliberation about what are we going to do is the fight with the little black girl outside because there's the alarm bell that goes off. The ant comes out of the room. Um, everybody sees the fight going on. We go back into the room and Aunt Eve says, you have to do something about the kid. And that precipitates uh, the long deliberation, and then we finally get the action of going off to get the teacher. Um, and at the end, uh, it's it's actually the 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 at the at the at the final event. The story guideline says that there will be an, a a if it's an action story there will be a decision roadblock that needs to be made for the final action to happen. And what we actually see is that this action roadblock or the decision roadblock is dad is going to stop uh, Annie from taking Helen out and going to and bring and bring Helen back in because this is a birthday celebration. This is a homecoming celebration rather. Um, and, and, and the, that decision is removed by Jimmy standing in the way of the door and saying, okay, we're going to let Annie do it because Annie's right. And then we actually see the final event 
is going to be the action of putting the meaning to the words. That she, she is realizing what's going on. And that's an activity. There is no deliberation there. Good pitch, Nick. All right. And where do you see the, the midterm stuff? Okay. So, so how, how would you explain when the family comes back and says, we've decided that you're going to, you're going to go. Um, we want him back. We want her back in the house. Um, that's that, that, that's already preordained. There's no there's no new deliberation going on. That's the end of the that's the end of your little clock. The time is right. No, 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 no. When they set the clock, remember? When they, they come they come to the house, I mean they, they basically say, and, you know, they right. set a prop. So, and so, they, so when when the action that decides the captain's decision, there are two things that are gonna happen there. One. That is when the captain comes home after the big long fight in the dining room between Helen and 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 Annie and and the um, uh, Helen learns to fold her napkin. All right, and and what we see is that Helen is now fleeing the 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 um, uh, the 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 you know, running away from Annie um, in the house. And so that precipitates the decision that, okay, I'm going to fire you because you can't teach her if she's running away from you. And then the second action that's involved actually is, is, is kind of more subtle in my opinion, but every bit as it actually causes the captain to change his mind is when he tells her, you know, I can't talk to you with your glasses on. And she takes them off. And, and, and he says, why do you wear your glasses? He has already said he's going to fire her. And she says, because the light hurts my eyes still. He says, why, does she, why do you wear them at night? Sun's been down for an hour. And then he says, he pauses, he closes his breath, and he says, I've decided to let you stay on another two weeks. On two conditions, blah, 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 blah. Right, but isn't that a pretty big decision moment? It is, an, but it's driven by the action. No, but... Uh, yes, but the decision in that particular moment changes the course of events. That's what that's what a driver does. No, that's a fail. The decision had not been executed. No deliberation had been executed. So there's actually no change no, in the yeah, course think, of events. Uh, I think the no, it continues teaching. The decision is to let her stay. That's still a decision. What? The decision is to let her stay. That's still a decision. Decision isn't one-sided. But it's not a turning store, turning point. It's a Yeah. She was, she was that, teaching oh, before that, and she was teaching after it. But she's no, she, fired. No, that, that's not She was point. not fired. No, 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 no. Was, that's, that's, not, to fire. <laughs> wait, wait, that's, that's not what happened. The difference is Helen is no longer in the house with all of the people who are affecting her, you know, keeping her from being, from learning. That's the difference. That's what that decision is. It's about, remember they're talking about it and she says, right, I, we both, you know, basically we both agree. She can't. Um, She's can't. helpless. It's hopeless. No, no. It's just. No, that that's what, that's not, what they say. That's, that is what Annie said. Right, but that's not what, no. She, yes, it's hopeless here. Right. But she doesn't and say the, the word here until later. It doesn't matter. It's a, this, is where you, this is why where you have a difference between using the decision 
or deliberation. It's that deliberation that is the thing that changes the course of events. The decision to allow her to use the other house, to move out with Helen to the other house, drives all of the action after that moment, right? The action of finding the other house drives no, the decision. A, that was, that, not, I don't think so. Yeah, you couldn't. You could not have made that. You could not have made that request without finding the other house. Yeah, you could have. They just. They just happened. She happened upon the answer. Um, no, she went searching for that answer. That's why the first outshed didn't work. The first what? She she looked at two places. The first one didn't work, and she went a little bit further and then found the hunting lodge. She had already made up her mind what she was looking for. Helen did. I mean, not, not Helen, but uh, Annie. Right, but that so was the change. ability to find another but place. Just her finding it didn't change it. You see, she found it, and then the next scene wasn't, okay, Helen's, Helen's in that location. There actually, the barrier there was the decision, right? The finding it is, is what made for the decision to happen. Okay, but the decision ha happened. And yeah, so you're always going to have choice. action and decision happening together. If okay. actions force decisions or decisions force actions, they're always going to be together. Right, but the, the, that action did not force the decision. That's what I'm saying. There was an action. It informed her so that she had a backup when the decision was made. But to me, in that particular instance, she found it, and the story could have would have kept on going the same direction if they then didn't have the decision. If she couldn't get the decision of the father to go, um, yes, it is okay for you to take Helen out of the house. Didn't even matter if it was that place. It was just that that the barrier was that decision, right? Okay. Uh, I mean, I'm just so, that, particular so, so. One, that particular one is is not. I don't think is as as it's not a. I don't think it's a really good action um, example. That's primarily why I'm putting picking a point. Say, Jim. Anybody else have any thoughts? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's leave it alone then. Uh, the limit time lock or option lock. Because nothing said it's about time until halfway through. Somebody said, some wise man said that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Kissing up now, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if it's not a time lock, then what are the options? I think the options are the different ways in, in which of trying to reach Helen's mind. So, so there is signing into the hand um, and, and, and then Helen is just being a monkey then. Um, but that's okay because it's baby gibberish. Um, and then the next way is, is that you, 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 you can't reward her or by coddling her. Um, and so um, she tries to, Annie tries to limit that as a teacher. Um, and, and that's not working. So then she, she has to isolate the two of them. So then that way she can um, uh, uh, 
basically make Helen dependent on Annie for her bodily needs. Um, and then that's not even really working. So then she plays to Helen's emotions by getting Helen jealous by playing with, with Percy. Um, uh, and, and, and then um, we come back to the house where we still have to deal with that option of the coddling or, or not with the option, but with the effect of coddling. Um, and, and I think we actually run full circle to where she takes her out and, and takes her to the pump. And all of a sudden, by the grace of God, one and one becomes two. Right. I think it has a lot more to do. I think it has more to do in terms of the teaching and the teaching environment is part of that. But, you know, getting a, getting her to make a connection between the game of the object and the, and the, the spelling. Um, and then, you know, um, being able to, and, and I actually, I think you described it pretty well, but I think that last one is, She's got all the all the tools, but it's it's bringing it sort of full circle to where she was, where she had that one experience in the world as a six month old, where she understood what water was and had a word for it, and that that um, was the the um, the reward that basically says, yeah, that's the outcome. I guess that if I wanted to rephrase what I said on that last one, I'd say it would be reestablishing the link. Yeah, in spite of strengthening yeah. The thing too is the, the different attempts to get the family on board um, with you know the approach to Helen. Right, and and by the, the last the, one, the you have Jimmy person. steps in front of the father and says, yeah. "Look, you're wrong," and and prohibits the father from messing it up, which is what allows that last step to happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think that's I think that's correct. So yeah, I think that's very good, Nick. Very nice, nice narration. All right, outcome, success or failure, and how do we know? Yes. Oh, come on, this is an easy one. <laughs> this is this is a real low hanging fruit. It's a success. How do we know? And, and we know because Helen has made the connections between words in quotes and, and, and their meaning between the signing and the meaning. Um, and, Object, and right. She understands that the, that the representations of represented by uh, spelling represent things. And, uh, you know, Wawa is the, Oh, it's where it's, we've hit success. <laughs> now that, that was the, the, that's at that point you could have ended it and it would have been fine, but uh, you know they want to sort of prove the point because now she is Helen is not in a neutral place. She's actually gone to become an avid learner. She's really seeking out knowledge and wants to learn. So success, yeah, okay. And judgment, good or bad? How do we know? Good. Because Helen has learned and Annie can stay. Because Annie can stay and she can admit that she loves Helen. But also Annie, yeah, Annie was able to, I mean, from a personal point of view, she's able to get over the, the stick through it and get over the angst of having abandoned her younger brother for this career 
And so it sort of helps her, you know, she's like, did I make the right choice in my career? And it's like a yes um, for her personally. And then also for everybody else, they, you know, suddenly the family is very happy in a very good place with Helen now being a full member of the family as opposed to, you know, the, uh, the obligation that she'd been or the burden that she'd been. So, yeah, definitely, yeah. That's fun. Good. All right. So, well, we got five out of eight, so that's pretty good. Uh, we only tried seven, so let's um, go to the the theme browser and let's try to identify where either the main character is, well, actually anybody. But the overall story is is a probably a pretty good one. Um, or in the relationship through lines, probably the easiest one to identify more than all of them. Um, but I'm willing to take whatever, you, whatever you'll give. Any thoughts? Physics relationship. Physics relationship. The activity? Right. And <laughs> example, why, how? <laughs> limited, please, please limit it to a couple. <laughs> round three, round four. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the constant fighting, obviously, the, the teaching, learning, um, biting, there's just a lot of, a lot of physical, uh, problems and, and conflict in their relationship. Okay. And then how would that, how do you see the, um, the overall story being in psychology or, or manipulation? Um, I think it was almost like I said earlier, like, the family kind of adhering to this plan of um or, or being a, you know getting the family together as, as a, a functioning family and or think of it in the conflict sense it's a pretty dysfunctional family dysfunctional family yep <laughs> <laughs> quit coddling I mean, the pet yeah they're they're <laughs> very responsible for keeping her in this infantile stage of development um you know, with their permissiveness and, and, uh, and you have introduced a teacher who um, is in conflict with that. And that's where you get an awful lot of conflict over, you know, how one should behave uh, in the family. And you get it also within the family members too. You know, I think Jimmy plays a big part. You can see Jimmy, his part in that, um, even the aunt, and mom, definitely the needy mother, um, you know, um, and of course. And she's uh, an incredibly manipulative sister, you know. Pardon? She's an incredibly manipulative sister, daughter. Yes. Yeah, oh yeah, you mean Helen? Yeah. Helen, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so, so now, is everybody okay with that so far? All right, so now where do we put Helen and Anne? So I think Annie is in a fixed attitude and Helen is in situation. Um, okay. I think the fixed attitude for Annie is the, you know, standing up for the discipline and no to self-pity um, and the standing up for um, Helen to be hung, that she's hungry to learn. Um, and then herself also just having those flashbacks, it made me think of the memories, you know, corner in there. 
Um, and she seems kind of like haunted. Um, and then for, do you want me to go on to the other one or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, so for then for situation, it feels like Helen is really just stuck in a world of like reaction, like literally ping ponging against objects, but like mentally as well. So I feel like she's um, stuck like without meaning or context and she can't, or she wants more of that anyway. And so the language part, um, it's like everyone around her can talk, but she can't. Well, I mean, you certainly have from a situational point of view, which is an external state, she's blind and she's deaf, mm -hmm. which are not going to go away. But they, those in and of themselves aren't a problem, but they are in, when, when this starts, they are in fact seemingly an insurmountable problem that, that in which she is stuck. Um, yeah, I guess, is it, is it also that because she, the threat of that asylum thing happening, is that also like part of the, where the chaos? That be, no, that's in the, that's in the manipulate, that's in psychology. You know, that's the, okay. fam the family and, and the guilt about having this, you know, you know, considering sending her there and what that means. And I mean, that's where you get a lot of that conflict of when they're considering sending her there. A lot of the dynamics in the family are coming to conflict because of just, you know, you don't do that or what does that mean for her? And, and even, you know, you even see um, the teacher say oh well i was raised in that environment and this is what it's like you want to know what it's like this is what it's like so just to mm -hmm. you know pile on the guilt it, pile on the guilt yeah exactly shove it in their face and make them feel really guilty so that they they are less interested in that option at the moment um to give mm -hmm. her more time too you know but it is manipulative um everybody okay with those domains Yay! First time, right? Okay, I, that's great. And of course, that definitely decides that our um, our main character is a beer, um, because being in the fixed attitude domain, uh, that would make her a beer instead of a doer. Um, and I think, to me. The biggest exact, if you think of her, of, of, of Annie as being, she, she uses the, her, basically her force of personality to confront those at a personal level. Like the, when she has the fight with the father and you know, she, you know, but with the one with the conversation with the glasses, when he's thinking, he's thinking about letting her go and that the reason he doesn't let her go, she's not, she just, she does anything. So basically she, <laughs> she psychs him out. Uh, she's just sort of a very strong person. And I think he was afraid that she was, and remember, he's also real chauvinist pig. Um, and I don't think he was expecting to have a woman be quite so strong and not buckle under like his wife does. I think that's one of the reasons why he, why she was able to um, uh, be so effective because she, she has just that really strong sense of who she is. And she uses that a lot with, I mean, she used that a lot with, with uh, 
um, Helen. Um, it doesn't always work clearly, but uh, she, she tries that quite a bit. But it does seem to keep her, you know, motivated, keep her going. So uh, great. Now let's move on down to the next level. So we've got um, basically one of four choices. We can have in the uh, uh, I think there. Well, uh, does anybody have any thoughts rather than me saying anything? Yeah, I do again. <laughs> People aren't sick of me talking. Okay, nobody um, else is jumping in, so I'm I'm happy. But you know, sure. Okay, yeah, this is one of the first movies where I got to. I was able to get down to this level and and get to it. So hopefully it applies. But uh, I feel that Helen is in the present. Um, so then that would make um, uh, Annie in conscious, and then. Um, that puts the, the that puts the relationship in learning or gathering information. Yeah, which and, makes the most sense of those. Um, and then uh, conceiving an idea where they feel like the family is like trying to conceive of the idea that Helen can do so much more than they than they believe that she can be literate. You know. Right. I mean that that she's not a. It's not that she's going to be literate, it's that she's a, a full member of the family in, in that. Yeah. And then certainly the idea that that is the key, most important idea is being able to connect for, for the daughter to be able to connect ideas to concepts, I mean, concepts to words. Um, maybe not spoken words, but uh, she, she does make it to the all the way to the spoken word, but uh, the one word she knew, but that that is also the, the idea, which of course that's the the family is pretty much of the uh, thinking that there's no way that she's ever going to get to that. You know, how would she ever get to know what those are? I mean, she knows that what she knows that Mama is it represent you know is that sign language um, mm -hmm. uh, gesture, but. Um, you know they're all they're pretty simple and and to be able to get something that's more com complex just they all are pretty not jimmy kind of comes around but the mm -hmm. rest of the family is is uh um like we just they're ready to be satisfied with the trained pet yes exactly we think if we, if we get her so that she's not going to be you know a monster then we're fine and and tear everything apart then we're fine when she really would go right back to the way she was. And that was, you know, the nice thing that, that, uh, that was why that was one of the options is to put her back in the way she, where she was and that, that she fails. That was essentially bringing about the crisis because that meant, you know, it wasn't, she wasn't ready at that point. And that's why that last step, which was then the, the confrontation between the teacher and the student and Annie and, and uh, Helen is, you know, takes place at the water pond. So, um, but that was, yeah, okay. Uh, anybody else uh, okay with that or have an alternative? Actually, I'm really happy with that. I'm going to put my thumb on the, the scale a little bit, but uh, uh, because that was exactly where I thought it was going to come to. 
Um, especially when you look at under conceiving an idea, you've got permission and deficiency. I mean, it's a huge piece. I mean, expedience and, and need are also great there, but you know, permission and deficiency are just that's thematically are really strong in this story. Um, and my guess is, I don't, I don't know if it's going to be the case, but my guess is it's may we may have a benchmark of, of like for the relationship. It might be I'm not sure if it's doing or if it's understanding, but it, I'm not, I'm not sure what it is. But all of those work really well as benchmarks. I mean, you've got the past and memory work pretty well for uh, definitely the the memory for um, Annie, but I think that might just be a a, a signpost. Um, not not necessarily the benchmark, but okay. So let me uh, let me pick the you chose the present. So influence, character, concern. Yay! All right. So now we're gonna go. Uh, any, anybody want to pick a place where we're gonna go down further? Which which domain do you want to go into? Because we're gonna. Um, if we look at the main character. So we're down here in contemplation. There's investigation, doubt, appraisal, reappraisal. <laughs> Getting down into, into um, someone's favorite quadrant. <laughs> uh, Jim. <laughs> um, and then in the overall story, we have permission, need, Expediency and deficiency. Uh, anybody have any thoughts on, on these? Any of them? I mean, I can see elements of all of that in, in the story really pretty strong. So, would you pick like problem deficiency? Is that where we're going for when we go to this section? Well, this wouldn't, it wouldn't be the problem because the efficiency is at the issue level. So that'd be thematically. Okay. You know, we're either going to be talking about efficiency versus permission, permission versus deficiency, need versus expediency, or expediency versus need. Got it. Okay. Um, but, you know, the conversation they were having at the, you know, uh, the very first scene where, where um, uh, the teacher is there, you know, what's expedient, letting her just eat food and all that stuff wherever she wants. It's just the easiest thing because it allows them to have their conversations, uh, you know, and, you know, she and the, the, the blind girl and deaf girl can, you know, just satisfy her needs by grabbing food from wherever, even though it's, it's really not, according to the teacher, it's really not permissible. And they're permitting things that really shouldn't be permitted. And it's and it's because of the the uh, the girl's deficiencies, you know, her her inability to hear or or uh, see or communicate in a, a verbally um, or in almost any fashion other than very very um, rudimentary. So that that those that quadrant works really nicely for talking about. The, what's going on and you know in a number of the scenes in the overall story the question is where does it seem to focus i mean i'm under permission you've got certainty 
potentiality, acceptance, non-acceptance. In um, need, you've got proaction, reaction, deduction, induction. Under deficiency, you have probability, possibility, evaluation, reevaluation. And in expediency, you have inaction, protection, reduction, and production. Um, do any of them feel like a possibility or any of them you say, nope, that's definitely not, not it? Anybody? Mm -hmm. I feel like with deficiency, it would be like Helen doesn't measure up. Um, well, not only Helen, but the teacher. Yeah, I mean, it feels like everyone's having that <laughs> all, all of the South, <laughs> a lot of a lot of examples of that. But again, it's you know, it's deficiency and it's you're going to see that question if, if if that's the focus, then you've got this issue, you know, probability, possibility, evaluation, reevaluation. Yeah, um, you know, I'm. I can certainly I can I can see most all of these except the one that only that one that doesn't work real well for me are the elements of in a, in expediency. Those just don't oh. seem well. That one for me, I actually got into that one. I have it like you know the expediency where the family's just trying to push through, and so where I I have inaction as like let's see I have the problem as um reduction like they reduced um helen to like this animal you know where she's just you know the minimum is not the goal you guys like that's what annie's trying to tell them and then um production being this the solution where they're she, they're just running her through you know annie's taking her through all the steps that she has prepared i guess remember and then, be careful remember it's better to think of this as the family, and when you're talking about the teacher-student oh, okay. that, that in the relationship, okay, I mean, which which there could be part of that. I mean, that would be over here. Um, so the relationship's going to be in the in the learning quadrant. So we've got the prerequisites, preconditions, strategy, and analysis. Which, okay. Okay. No, everybody else is being really quiet. Julie's, being, you know, Julie's doing this a lot. This is of my movie. For the what? Something out for the objective story, if you want. Sure, let's go back to the objective story. The overall story, yeah. Um. Oh, so permission I like because there's so much about how they just kind of let let her do whatever like at the table where she's walking around and eating whatever she wants and that being the symptom or uh, well i was just going the permission for issue but yeah i would probably say acceptance would be the the symptom and, um and certainty certainty being that people that the family is just certain she's never going to be better yeah that's, what, that's the source of the conflict whereas she if you start to look at what the potential she has she's got a tremendous amount of potential but that's not even really considered by the family they just see her as this is the way she is and she'll always be and never more and then you introduce the teacher and you get in non-acceptance saying that's not acceptable i mean actually the father, there's a lot of that but 
when people are doing, when they're accepting things that they really shouldn't, you know, is that what you're? Yeah. And then even like, and Helen's like a huge pain in that part. Right. Right. She refuses everything. (laughs) (laughs) She's, you know, someone says your behavior is not acceptable. She's like, well, I don't care. I'm not going to accept you, but you you want me to do this? No, no way. No way. No way. I'm not accepting that. Um, And then let's just try it since we're here. All right. Just as a, if we make it. Two others, um, but we go through this anyway. But do you thought of two other what? Um, related to the expediency one, but we can finish through this part. You know, I just I learned what from what you were saying, so I can huh? I can give okay. an example. Well, no, no, bring that up. Sure. Now's okay. The okay. Um, so for the protection part, um, in under expediency, I feel like that's the response where they're overprotecting her and the and um annie's like hey you know you have to stop doing that in order for her to learn um and the inaction would be like where they don't do anything to like stop her from eating off all their plates all the time and doing all these things that aren't good for her that she can stop doing so which um, one, so okay in that instance so that would be sorry that would be the focus so inaction would be focus and then protection would be response and then the problem would be the, you know, the, the, you know, the reduction of her to just like an animal that that's not helpful. And then production being the solution, like just going through all that activity that they did to make to help her. But the question is, it seems to me that 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 while that does describe. Um, potentially, that does this, especially that does describe. Annie and Helen don't know that the production really fits the mom or the dad or the brother or the aunt that we, I mean. I think it does. My examples, I guess, for that would be how they all just are kind of, uh, they just, they're either fighting with Annie or they're out doing what Annie's asked. Like they're outside just waiting while they're, while Annie and Helen are duking it out in the kitchen or the dining room. Um, or, you know, Jimmy's coming to check on, like they're, they're all every, they're all, you know, revolving around the two of them um, having that activity going on and then just kind of serving the purpose or fighting it either way. But they're still, it's either they're, they're against that production and screwing it up or they're fall or, or they're helping. Okay. Well, the, you're, so I'm a little unclear when you're talking about inaction, you'd say inaction is the problem. So the fact that they're um, not doing no. anything is a problem. No. Or you said protection is the problem. I said, that's the focus. So the focus is like, oh, you the know, focus stop, is letting, the symptom, right. stop letting her eat off your plate. You guys, like you're just letting her do all this stuff and you're not acting. You're not being, you're, you're talking about which one about inaction or protection. Inaction is the focus. And that's where like, they don't do anything when she's like eating off their plate. That's my one example. Uh, and then the so that then the protection is the response so then they overprotect her though then when Annie but, tries and to how do does Annie fit in this i mean how does helen fit in this and and annie helen, helen's the one being overprotected um but how and, does and then but helen, annie comes in the teacher comes in and 
And what? How does she, what, how's her response? The teacher, oh, the teacher comes in and she's like the opposite. So she's like, you guys need to, need to act. And then they act overprotective, you know? And then when she doesn't do, you know, and then, sorry. And then she's, so yeah, Annie's doing mostly the opposite of these, of, you know, inaction, reduction, protection, but then she's running the production part, I feel like. Um, so oh, she's the I think you're kind of blending the four into into just the symptom and response or the focus and direction. Um, oh, because okay. because if they're if not acting is is essential. Oh, you're saying if they're probably protecting her. I'm saying, yeah, like they're enabling by not doing what they should do to like right to treat her like a human being where she could actually grow. You know, okay. so they're not disciplined and then and they're they're showing pity, which is like a rocking chair, it like doesn't take you anywhere. It's just something to wallow in, you know. Okay, so, so inaction is the response. So how is the inaction the response? How's that solving the pro the perceived problem um, of, of production? So okay, I'm sorry, I'm still this is I'm learning this area no, more. Okay. So I have inaction as focus well, and then Okay. And okay. Then, so this is the focus. Sorry. This is the response. This is the symptom. Yeah. And that's the response. So the symptom is yeah. inaction. So it's they not think, doing something. Yeah. And then when they do see someone do something, they like jump in and overprotect her. Like, oh my baby, don't you know? Like, but, and but, then that's when she's like, I gotta get her out of here. But but this is supposed. Okay. So so how does how does I don't see how the teacher fits in there. That the teacher is the one that's like. Um, this is what, you know, you, she's saying you need to take action when she's, if there's the focus and then in the response area, she's like, you're overprotecting her. She's actually, she's standing for actual oh. protection, which is this woman has agency and you're, you're focusing on all her inabilities, but she's actually fucking capable and you need to let her protect herself and you're not letting her learn how to do that. But is it, is it, she doesn't really need protection. So she's really well protected, right? I mean, well, she's overprotected. And then when she, for things that she could do herself and learn and stuff, then she's not getting that met. So the teacher's standing for that. Like the real protection is you let her go through this pain. She can handle the pain of this discipline and of learning all this stuff. But, okay. Now I, I understand exactly what you're saying. I think okay. that this is, I think in what you're, in how you're describing it, you're going beyond what this is, what this specifically is talking about. It's, it's an effort to prevent interference and inter interference with one's concerns, right? Mm -hmm. And I can see, but when it comes to the teacher, I mean, there is certainly conflict. The, the family thinks that the teacher's being, um, is, is interfering with their concerns and, and with uh, Helen's mm -hmm. concerns and, teacher thinks that and then family is doing the same thing so i can i can see that um we can let's we can, we'll do two different story forms let me do this one first um so okay. you said this was going to be the response okay. yeah yeah all right so that should get us close to one if not to one so let's see okay except for the benchmark um all right and uh for we have possibility of memory or impulsive responses. 
Um, and this one, what would what were you saying? Uh, would you think it would be? You're asking me. Yeah. Um, I actually, don't, I don't actually. Can you explain what a ben, what the benchmarks are? Um, I can. I can. So what the benchmarks are? Um, let me see here. Okay. So what the benchmarks are are the things by which you evaluate how progress is going in that particular through line. So in the main character, where when with uh, um, any concerned with you know contemplation or, or you know conscious considerations, she would we would see how how that's going, probably by a memory more than impulsive responses because we keep constantly see more and more and more of her memories are revealed over the course of the um, um, uh, the the story. Yeah, um, and she's not very impulsive. Right, and that would put uh, Helen is um, concerned with the present, and we see it based on um, her, based on the past. I don't think you see a whole lot of Helen's benchmark at all, except what few times they say about her. Um, the overall story um, concern of conceiving an idea that we would talk about that, I think, and developing a plan, how do we get to the point where the family can work and all work so that then we can find out, you know, as they are able to get it, it seems actually, it looks like it's falling, it's getting closer and closer, but also getting more and more um, likely to fail before suddenly it, the last moment, it, it all pulls together. Um, and in mm -hmm. the relationship, uh, there she's learning, but it's the benchmark is how much understanding is going on. At the beginning, there's zero mm -hmm. understanding, and more and more, you, we see that the student is, learn, is understanding more about what she's being taught. So that's a, that's a good, uh, that would be, a, I think, a good benchmark. Yeah, um, that feels true to me. Um, now, so Except that the past is that backstory, or is that like no? That's basically we would we would be looking at. Um, you see a little bit in the beginning about um, Helen's past. You know what happened, what brought her to that, um, and I think you could also look at a past past behavior or past. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of hard. I don't know. It just doesn't seem to. That doesn't quite read to me. Um, but that's okay. not. I don't think that's. That's nothing to do with you know the choices you made as far as the um, elements. So if we look at the ones we didn't choose. So if we look at um, our main character, we we have a main character concerned with uh, contemplation, which she did. The issues appraisal. Versus reappraisal, a problem of probability, solution of possibility, a symptom of an action, um, which would be the thing that she thinks is being a problem, and, and that's um, doing nothing. Which, see, to, to me here, this doesn't read right because it seems like one of the things that she's trying that, that, the, that, um, the main character. Oh wait, let's look at the wait. Let's look at the relationship because I'm not sure. The okay, pro action, 
reaction, inaction. This is okay. So inaction, the problem of inaction, and I think that in the relationship, I don't think they think that inaction is a problem. I, you know, in in the between the two of them, that one doesn't work there. Um, to me, uh, because you know that would be. Um, she's, we're trying to learn, and nothing's happening. In fact, the problem is, is that it's not that there's nothing happening. It's just that she's mm-hmm. the opposite. She's like rejecting it, and um, uh, and th- there's not a sense of trying. Okay, I was. We needed to try to protect her in a way that 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 if it was the mom telling the story, I could easily see that <laughs> that being descriptive of the mom. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas if let's we we look at the what was the one that you were talking about, Jim? Permission. Symptom uh, acceptance. The symptom of what? Acceptance. Okay. So let's just see at this. And I'm gonna skip over here and let's just look at the relationship where we were before. And did you have were you thinking the same benchmark of memories as or preconscious responses? Oh. Um, I do memories, right? That's what I mean. That's very clear for the main character to me. Yeah, because her she doesn't seem to be getting jittery or less jittery or or less impulsive. Um, so over here, if you ask, if you look at the relationship, um, the acceptance would be seen as a sort of when as a symptom would be things that seem to um, be accept, found acceptable that are really um, uh, not, shouldn't be. That's what, the, what, what creates conflict in there. You know, like it's, this, this, is, you, this is not acceptable behavior, Helen. And then, you know, then suddenly, you know, uh, the response is um, to uh, be very, you know, intolerant. You know, certainly get a lot of that with with Helen. You know, mm-hmm. both trying to say, okay, we need to, we need to. Is, Jim, you so, want to? So, Chris, I have a question on what you just said, um, and the question would be, uh, and this is can be generalized out also, but so the relationship here is teacher student, mm-hmm. but that's the same thing that they have in the OS. I mean, that's her job as teacher. Right, but the difference so is- how, where, am I, where am I trying to, how do I suss the difference out? Well, this is the relationship between a teacher and a student, not the job or the, the occupation or the um, uh, role of a teacher and a student. So this is the teacher-student relationship. And so um, it would be the relationship that I would be looking at for acceptance as, what they see, what the relationship sees as a problem. Yes, as a problem in the relationship. Okay, as a problem in the relationship. Right. Okay. Um, and, 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 and when we're looking at symptom, uh, the RS symptom, we are looking for what the participants in the relationship see as a problem in the relationship. It's... They can see it or not see it. It's definitely what we see. Okay. And so whether or not they're aware of it is less of concern as to we as an audience are aware that 
this is what we are seeing. That the author is portraying this to us as the problem in the relationship. Yes. Okay. Yes, exactly. And you can use that same mindset when you're looking at any of the three lines. Because remember, a story form represents the author's view of the world, which is knows way more than characters or, you know, it's this is the real way, the, what's really going on, um, which at any point in the story may or may not be reflected um, and, and may or may not be aware, the characters may or may not be aware of it. Um, so Jim, do you want to talk about the, this is, this was your, your suggestion for the story form? Yeah. Uh, and particularly in this relationship, because I just want to contrast it with the one that we were just talking about. Oh, okay. So the relationship story, so all the punching and kicking and fighting and all that stuff, the slapping, um, just tolerating that and, and being accepting of that as an, an issue or a, is what the problem is in in the relationship and that the response to that is uh non-accept or the i like to think of non-acceptance like rejection or opposing or you know just the back and forth between the two of them is the acceptance and non-acceptance but the real problem in the relationship is um not only that well there's nothing i can do to help this person but also you're a bad person um, this is, this is how I eat. This is what, this is what, how things are. And at the end, the, the nice feeling of it at the end is when they're together going through and reevaluating all the different things like this is water and this is pumping this and ringing the bell and hitting this and stuff. And it's, it's a much more joyous sort of, uh, relationship, the things that they're doing together as they're reevaluating together how everything is is in there and even evaluation it's like there are evaluations but they're they're sort of meaningless evaluations you know even when the teaching goes you know it's like okay i'm doing this stuff but you know she doesn't get it and um, then yeah and then i would say like in the objective story all the certainty everybody knows well this is a lost cause and at the end she's kind of fulfilled her potential and there's even so much more that's left to do as well, as well as the family. The family suddenly is now going to be able to reach the potential that it, it could have been. And I, I kind of I feel like the influence character I know is, is just Helen, but also opinions about Helen, stuff that's attached to her, like the family almost, because you can see them deducting for their focus where it's like, well, it's much easier if we just let her do whatever she wants to do and kind of overgeneralizing like, in an in induction like well we'll just kind of allow her to do all this kind of stuff um because really it's just a lot easier we can actually have a nice easy dinner here um right so it's being as being a um rather than being something that's held by the influence character but it is being attributed to the character the influence yeah, character. yeah because then they definitely they change right because they see it and maybe more so the mom I'm sure there's something there with her. Um, and uh, I like the issue of being repulsion. I mean, that's yeah, and, and the benchmark in the past, like they definitely have a past history of having to deal with all this stuff. So they kind of have a legitimate, hey, you know, this is actually how it should be taken care of. Oh, yeah. I see. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And then 
for um, Annie, obviously still the, she can't stand it how accepting everybody is. Like you can't, you got to have discipline and all that stuff. And so she's totally rejecting all their stuff. And then the deduction thing is really like her whole thing is how can I, how can I get through to her? I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. And this isn't, this part didn't work. Um, so I'm going to use for cake for right now is fine. She doesn't know what cake is and she's not making the connection, but at least it's, it's a step in the right direction. Right. Um, it's one of the, it is, she's found that this is one of the pieces that is, there is some connection that eventually may help her, but right now it's not, it's, 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 you know, it's driving her so that, that that's the way she's going about it. That's for, for Annie. She uses that as her drive deduction as her, her motive. So, so I like all of that, except this is just a, the, that part, that particular part is talking about Annie, the teacher. Which part? The part about deduction and the cake and stuff like that. Well, but also if you think of Annie as the, well, you'll you see also Annie as the, um, the, the previously blind girl or, or legally blind girl, I guess I'm not sure if she was technically fully blind, but, you know, and so she was driven because, you know, if I, I follow along the same, if I, if I go along this path, um, I can get to where I want, but it's, you know, it has its costs, um, like her brother. So well, it's helpful too, like how she thinks of herself. I still think there's something about, she doesn't really think of herself too much as a teacher, but at the end, she's like, hey, you know, I'm actually pretty good at this thing. Like almost like a, an own reappraisal of herself, like the whole journey through this whole thing if you just wanted to focus just on her main character through line she's reappraised herself mm -hmm. yeah and deduction i think it does a lot more in terms of that's sort of her technique of figuring out how things are how things work and when they they're not when it's not deduction it doesn't it shows that there's a problem then that's what when she gets motivated she looks at this and goes okay you're treating her like a child, like a, a you're treating her like a, an animal. You know, I don't want to, and, and I've been in that, that world where people are, you know, discarded and, you know, that's, that's a problem for me. <laughs> so would you accept um, this as part of an example of her drawing to a narrow point, um, at a single point, the way that she uses, uh, the text on words almost has her Bible to, to and, and, and where that text also advises patience. Um, um, and, and that's when she gets the inspiration of, and she actually looks out the window and, and she sees Helen and then she has the flashback to Jimmy and, and, and school and needing to learn. Um, and and then so she's come to the the she's deducted it down to her interpretation of the text that she just read to us out loud, which I can't remember word for word. Um, but <laughs> it was actually pretty good text. You can't? Oh my god! That's to like say for once. <laughs> oh wow! I, I am disappointed. 
<laughs> no. I mean, you're you're pretty damn good every other time. I'll let this. I, I'm going to have to say another. You're wise one again. Um. <laughs> oh no, no, that is not necessary. But yeah, I think that, I mean, that is a main character moment, you know, and she, especially the concern of contemplation, but she does think about the, you know, measure, comparing her, her childhood and with, you know, with where um, Helen has, could be, you know, and, and what that could mean for her. I think that really does sort of make it very personal for her and exactly in the way you're talking about. I think it's interesting. We have a, um, the main character, unique ability of doubt. Um, so that would be the thing that allows her to uh, um, uh, have helped the overall story end in success. Um, so it's questioning validity without investigating to be sure. And I think that's the, her really, she has doubts that she, she, where other people are, are certain about, about Helen, she really has her doubts. She thinks that Helen, there's a lot more to Helen than everybody else thinks. And that, that um, doubt of the family's insistence on what Helen can and cannot be um, really does make her uniquely suited as a teacher for this particular family and this particular student. Um, I feel like for her that it's the opposite of doubt like she's just certain and she's just like the one time she does kind of act doubtful I think she's just like messing with them a little bit to get what she wants well, I, so I don't think that that it's about um, acting doubtful I think no, she, no. she doubts the conclusions of the family right Yes, and and, and so, mm -hmm. she, but she doesn't investigate it. She just knows she's right. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, that that's that's precisely it's a it's a not her doubt of herself, but the doubt of of what the you know what's being said about. Um, well, also things that they say about her. She doesn't. She you know she she doesn't. Um, she thinks that they're not valid. You know, she, she's pretty sure that she's pretty sure of herself. Now, the critical flaw of expediency for the main character. Um, when does she do that? I'm sure she does it a couple times. Uh, my guess is early on, especially, it's um, when she's she's like kicks everybody out of the room. Because it's a lot easier just to deal with with uh, with Helen right now, here and now, and that kind of makes the family up in arms. You know, they're like, "Wait, what? What?" You know, it, it, even to the point where it's one of the things I think that she does that works against her and almost derails her is that she gets Helen to hate her, and that family almost pulls the plug at that point, and so it almost undoes. You know, because it's easier for her to to establish the rules right up front, so that it, she's it's a teacher student relationship, not family. But the family gets all bent out of shape about that. Remember, that's that's kind of when they're thinking about getting rid of her. You know, when she when Helen it doesn't want to be in the same room with her. I think that's one instance. 
Right, and in a sense, looking at the definition, it says um, what the character feels he or she must do in order to avoid the potential consequences. And, and, and especially in that, that initial fight scene, she feels she has to establish her dominance over, over Helen um, right. to avoid the consequences of this teaching relationship is going to fall apart. So she's doing what's most expedient at that moment to try and avoid what she sees as potential consequences. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a really good example. All right, so let's look at the rest of what we have in the overall story because we haven't really um, talked about that. So we've got um, the catalyst of deficiency. So um, I, think that's, I think that's a, we can see that and this is again the overall story. So it's about the family and the teacher and the, and the, the blind girl. Um, and I think you, certainly see a lot of conflict where the family thinks that she is that that the teacher is deficient she doesn't have a doesn't have the um right skill set right temperament whatever you know a lot of different things that they think that she's not you know gonna it's not good enough um that creates a lot of conflict also um where they also think that uh the family thinks that there's the daughter is deficient, and that, um, and so they're going to have to send her away. That creates a lot of conflict. So I think that works really well. Um, the inhibitor of real. Yeah, I will just add two other small. Oh, oh good. Uh, points is that you you can see that that uh, stepmother thinks that James the son is deficient in in standing up to his dad. Oh yeah. Well, you know, have you ever said that to his face? Um, Little boy. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and there is a point where um, I, I think that the aunt is, is the sister to the captain. And, mm -hmm. and she accuses the captain of, of potential, having a potential deficiency. Are you going to let the hired help talk to you like that? Right. Right. And that causes a lot that causes things to um, get right. In fact, he, it, it almost it almost causes uh, it, except for James, the son, finally standing up. It would have caused the story to fail because that's when he was going to go out and, and bring back Helen from the water pump. Right. And then you've got reappraisal um, as the inhibitor, the thing that slows it down. I think that. Uh, I think that the midterm, the midpoint turn, where they they basically they um, move it move to the other the small house. You know, there's this really big sort of reappraisal moment about okay, we we're looking at this all wrong. We've got to change all of the factors here, <laughs> and that's like okay. Well, then we're going to have to go two weeks or whatever. So it's suddenly like okay, we've got a a breather in terms of the family versus the teacher um, conflict. Um, and then I think right, right on line with that catalyst of deficiency, I think when you have uh, Jimmy, you know, there's a, a, a moment where, you know, his, he comes and he's visiting the house and, you know, he's sort of reappraising um, uh the teacher, because he's he's kind of very skeptical of her as well. But 
he's not as hard nosed about it. And so he, he comes back and, you know, when she has the nightmare and she yells out his name, <laughs> he just happens to be hanging around the house. <laughs> She's, you know, sleeping. There's um, nothing like making the rounds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I think that, you know, again, a moment where it could have been brought, it could have brought a lot more of uh, conflict. Um, the reappraisal there has slow, cools it off. And, and Helen's reappraisal, uh, the students, the, the blind girl's reappraisal of the teacher when the other student was in there, you know, that's a moment too where it's all, everything's really heated and not, nothing's, and then suddenly things teaching, things go back to a more normal um, slowed down pace in the overall story. And we can basically focus back on the relationship. Um, so I think that works, that works quite nice too. Are there any other particular story points that somebody wants to uh, discuss? Does it seem okay? The, the, what the, we did fill out, it's a main character growth of stop, the main character approach of beer and a driver of action. So that's interesting. Um, I, but you have a beer and an action story. So then you, she, she's a, she feels like she's a little bit of a fish out of water and she doesn't, she can't seem to control the, the pace of events. And that feels correct. Cause it sounds like the family is, you know constantly driving the, the story Whereas she is, you know, she's struggling to um, sort of keep it from moving forward long enough so that she can get her job done and get her get get to Helen. Um, I do want to look at these signposts. Okay, so we have for the where's the. Okay, so the main character memories comes up in the second act, which I think is exactly the right place. I was, I was when I when I was watching, I was like, "Oh wow, we're like really heavily into a lot of these very strong memories." And that was in the second act. I was okay, good. Um, we have conceiving an idea and the overall story in the fourth act, which is I think a really good one. Um, the past in the. Um, Past is in signpost one of the influence character. In the relationship, we have learning, understanding, doing, and obtaining. I think that sounds pretty good. It doesn't sound, none of these sound like they're out of, out of whack. Um, I probably have to go in and start looking at the examples. I look, watch the film again and see if I can pull examples to fill it in. But the one, this, this influence, the main character uh, signpost to of memories to me was just super clear. Um, that, that, I didn't do a story for him. So that was one of those ones where I thought, okay, let's, let's hope it turns out that way. Um, so, uh, any questions? I mean, 
this went by very smoothly and a lot of different people contributed, which is great. Well then, fantastic. Thank you guys. Wow. Thank you everyone. This podcast was brought to you by Wright Brothers, creators of software for writers since 1982. Visit us at www.screenplay.com and www.dramatica.com.